On the season two premiere of Destroy the Shield Generator, James asks, when the two of us inevitably become the inspiration of canonical Star Wars characters, what will those characters be like? Might they commit greater atrocities than what we've already seen from Star Wars? And should the extended editions of the movies be considered required viewing for James's wife? Plus, a new edition of our segment, Jedi Mind Trick, where we ponder what would have happened if Obi-Wan were upfront to Luke about Vader being his father. All that and more, starting now. So, Joseph, we're here, and it's November 6th, episode one of season two. Yeah. And there's nothing better when we're talking Star Wars than the word episode one. Episode one, we all know, is the epitome. I don't, where are you going with this, though? I'm saying that episode one is the greatest episode of the entire Skywalker saga, and any Star Wars fan hears episode one and is like, yes. Or just any saga. Any saga, generally speaking. Yeah. I thought we established this in season one, though. Did we? So what are we, where are you going? I don't know. (laughs) All I know, dear listener, is that it's November 6th, and this is episode one of season two. Yeah. What a crazy election that was. Yeah. I love that podcasts are, um, are live, right? So it's, it kind of, it's demanding on us as podcast sort of creators, but to you, the audience, like we are just sort of on call. And when someone on their podcast app says, I want to listen to destroy the shield generator, James and I get a notification and we just immediately start like broadcasting live wherever we are. So like, anyway, so you're hearing this. We all know who won the election. Yeah. We all know who won the world series. I know. Um, we know how season two of the Mandalorian, uh, starts. It was great. It was, it was really good. The reveal was unbelievable. Yeah. Was not expecting Obi-Wan to show up. Yeah. Cause he was dead. I mean, it's cool that it's cool that the Mandalorian's force sensitive. And what was your favorite part of the premiere? My favorite part is that when we discovered that, that Mando yes. is Ray's dad. Yes. Palpatine's son. That was, I did not, I, I had a bingo card and that yeah. was not on it, actually. Wow. Yeah. Not even on the card. It wasn't on the card. It was at on all. my card. It was on mine. We really? Had different ones. Yeah. Hey, what was your free space on your bingo card? Um, this is the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or the other, I had two. The other one was just Baby Yoda was cute. Oh, okay. That's okay. That was different than mine. What was yours? Baby Yoda gets killed. Wow. Yeah. That was my free space. I thought, man, John Favreau's just going to just let it go. Oh, John. Yeah. You never, you can never trust him. Hey, so here's a question I have for you. Yeah. Sorry. Can I do my, can I try my bit? Oh, go for it. Because this, this may be a, this is a stupid thing. It may work. It may fall completely flat and we'll edit it out. That's the story of our lives. All right, James, I have an idea as we, as we enter season two. I want to, okay, here's the thing. Destroy the Shield Generator, we can say, I can look at the website and it tells me. We've got an international audience, right? Mm. We, yeah. have, we have dozens of downloads. 
Okay. There are dozens of us. There are dozens of, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say here, we're getting ourselves quite a following. We have quite a media empire on our hands. No pun intended. Would yeah, don't say that word. Okay, sorry. We have quite media a resistance. We have quite a media republic on our hands. I think that we have you literally just you and me, James and Joseph. We have a really unique opportunity to actually hear me out. To actually be able to get ourselves into Star Wars canon sometime in the future. So here is a wild idea, a wild proposal, but I think we should run with it. Okay. okay. Um, you know, and some some people that know me well enough know, um, some podcast inspiration um, for me comes from the McElroy family. They do a lot of different podcasts. Long story, won't go there. But they have one podcast called The McElroy Brothers Will Be in Trolls 2. <laughs> the basic premise behind this podcast for them was to come out and declare before, like literally just as Trolls 1 came out and was successful, there wasn't even a Trolls 2 announced. <laughs> they came out and just declared, look, we have experience with voice acting, like you and I are currently building. We are going to declare that we are going to be in Trolls 2, and we're going to create a podcast sort of, uh, you know, documenting this process of getting into trolls too. So all these episodes are them like calling their producers and their, their agents and stuff and, and studios and true, totally true story. They are actually in trolls world tour. They all three got parts. So here's what I am proposing. James, as we start season two, not that this is going to not, this isn't going to be a different podcast altogether like they did, but just as sort of a part of our podcast, a, a segment maybe that we revisit, or maybe it's just a, a refrain that we just keep saying as if it's fact. James, you and I will become canon Star Wars characters in the future. Some, <laughs> some background characters in a movie or a novel or a comic book or a TV show. Like, we will be named canonical characters somewhere in the future it's a huge universe there's plenty of opportunity but here didn't we already establish in our first season that we're both canonical you are yeah jar jar's friend and i was at i was at ewok coachella yeah and you were like getting like set up on a date or something like that by the c3po but his name is love chris harrison chris harrison yeah yeah chris harrison po So yeah, but here's the thing: those characters exist already. They do, and they're not named after. They're not named after us. Like I'm saying, like we have to be the inspiration. Like James Walker. Yes. Like okay. I don't know if it's. I don't know if they just use because typically Star Wars names don't use like generic names. But again, they apparently is there's a James and a Joseph. So anyway, like maybe it's not our literal like legal Earth names, but. Some character that exists at some point. Uh, dear listeners, we have an exciting announcement to make. Yes. James, tell him. What is it? Joseph and I, Joseph Jasper and myself, James Walker, we are going to be canonical characters in the Star Wars universe. You heard it here first. Released at a date to be announced in a yeah. medium oh, to be announced. We have no idea. It's just canonical. But here's the thing. If this ever works... 
We have we, we have worked the impossible. We've blown up the Death Star. Like this is it. Like this is our end game. The podcast can be over. <laughs> this is this is why we started this. We're basically Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I'm Anakin actually. He has a great ending. Gotcha. So yeah. wait, are you saying Anakin Skywalker is a character based off of you, James Walker? Not quite. Okay. I am a character based off of him. Gotcha. Who will be a character based off of me. Okay. Wait. <laughs> so, so wait. But if, if, if we're designing our characters here, maybe, maybe this segment is just us designing the story that we're going to be a part of. Maybe doing some of Disney's job for them. Some mm-hmm. of some of Kathleen Kennedy's job, some of John Favreau's job, some of Dave Filoni's job, some of Pablo Hidalgo's job. Oh, we can't do Pablo's job. We can't do Pablo's job, though. That's correct. I and then Pablo, I we know you're listening, and we apologize. <laughs> we love you. Anyway, are, are we going to start writing our own characters' stories? No, I feel like that's a little too much. I feel like we okay. need to start with like what what medium do you think is the most likely place for us to appear? Yeah, I would think. Um, novels or like youth youth novels or comic books. Okay, because there's always a lot of those happening at once, and it's very easy to just you know throw in a background character that shows up in a chapter or something. Gotcha. Like, here's the thing, James. I, I know this is going to be hard for you to hear, but I just want to be realistic. It's going to be really hard for us to get like a novel that is specifically about our characters. Like I'm not expecting to be on the front cover or necessarily, you know, at the box office on the movie poster for episode 10, but like we're going to be background characters and and that is enough for me. I mean, maybe it's not for you, but I'm like I'm having to adjust my expectations. Oh. Oh, were were you set maybe a little higher than that? Yeah. Oh. Shoot. I was. Oh. But do you want I can, that'll do, that'll do. I'll I'll get over it. All right, all right, all right. I mean, here's the thing. Like six minutes ago, you didn't know this was a bit. So like (laughs) (laughs) six minutes ago, I bet you would have never guessed that you would be in a Star Wars story canonically. So like, (laughs) you know. So I'm excited. Again, as you announced, we will be in a canonical Star Wars story. Yeah, multiple even. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're the first to know, listener. You're listening to this on November 6th, 2020. <laughs> you're the first to know. Disney doesn't even know yet. <laughs> you're, you're the second to know because I know now. Yeah, I was yes. the first to Yeah, know. <laughs> that's true. James was the first to discover this fact. <laughs> and then you're the third to know. Uh, or sorry, second. I can't count. How do numbers work? <laughs> anyway. Math in the Star Wars universe is our next segment. Yeah. Hey, I already know the first step that I'm going to take to become a canonical character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, what's that? I won't even tell you yet. (gasps) Oh, okay. Saving it for the future. I like it. Um, Let me just give it it a hit. It's going straight to the top. (gasps) Wow. Straight to the top. Yep. What does that mean? Do we know what era of the Star Wars story we're hopping into or being a part of? I'm guessing it's like the... What's it called? The Old Republic? The High Republic? Yeah. Peak Republic? So the Old Republic... So the <laughs> so the Old Republic <laughs> is really old. There's no movies or anything about that. Well, to be fair, there's no movies about any of those things. But 
the Old Republic is the one with like the video games, but that's not a lot of like canonical stuff for that era. The High Republic is what's going to be coming out in a few months here at the end of 2020. And when you say what's going to be coming out, that's what? Uh, comics? Yeah, a couple of novels and comics. So no movies uh, that we know of are... So no movies that are in the pipeline are things that are known. So we know that a couple movies are being worked on right now, of course, but we don't know mm-hmm. what, what when they're set. Hey, what are the odds that we can appear as ourselves in a Star Wars mm. filmed thing? Okay, Here's a. This is the question: Is our role in the Star Wars universe as like podcast hosts, like or teachers, you know, school administrators? Oh, are we onto something here? Right. <laughs> Three minutes ago, we're like, nah, we won't get into our character creation right now. But now it's like, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, we do know more about education in the Star Wars universe than the typical Star Wars person does. I think we already have our. Our resume, it was like season one, episode mm-hmm. seven. Yep. And we promise not to poison any of the tea that we distribute to the students. That is true. We're already a, a cut above some real Star Wars characters. I mean, unless that's in our character arcs and part of the contract, like, I'm willing to go there. Are you just, for the record, clarifying that that, if that poisoning, poisoning drinks to give to children of the school that attend your school... Hypothetical children, Star Wars fictional children. Okay, but my question is, is the act of poisoning, you know, drinks that go to a student body, real or fictional, is that... Fictional, only fictional. Okay, okay, but, okay, so that's not based on your actual, like, person. Nope, not even close. Okay, okay. That's good, I mean, good to know. I didn't necessarily doubt that, but it's good to have that on the record. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, James Walker, in reality, will poison no children. I, James Walker, fictionally, in the Star Wars universe, will fictionally poison fictional children. I can't wait for the jury to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I better save the original recording of this podcast. They're going to be like, did you edit anything out of it? I'm like, nope, swear, look. (laughs) (laughs) Man, my life will have to take a crazy turn if there's a jury that ever hears that audio file. That would be a wild one, yeah. I hope that day never comes, to be honest. Me too. Well, let me just say, I mean, while you said it, that I, Joseph Jasper, real life, um, will poison no children. Oh, you made me nervous there. And in and 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 in fiction, also will refuse to poison any children, whether wow. even if they're fictional. I know. I and may I say it's alarming that that is not a stance that you will take. But <laughs> sure, I'll be in the Star Wars universe. Ah, oh, murdering kids, fine. Anakin does it. <laughs> What's so and bad? I was rooting for him. If too. the chosen one can do it, we're going to be canonical, folks. Did you just say canonical? Yep, that's how they say it in the Midwest. I I assume because I'm a Midwesterner. Mm-hmm. Canonical. <laughs> How exciting, James. We're going to get to be in Star Wars. Poisoning kids. <laughs> well, only me, apparently. But just you. Yeah, no, no. Fictionally. I will be I will be standing on the sideline, like, arms crossed, and, like, my character's role is to just be like, I don't like this. 
but like, but like, I won't, but like, I won't stop you. You're complicit. That's worse. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like the guard. Like I'll be on lookout to see if any authorities are on their way. Narc. No, I mean like, I'll be watching your back. Oh, you're helping me. Thank yeah, you. Come on. Oh, you're no, a good guy. I have no narc. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Season two is off to a roaring start. 15 minutes in and we might poison children if we're ever in a story. Cool. (laughs) James, you had a question um, as we start our second season of Destroy the Shield Generator. And as is customary, we we ask questions in this show. I'm curious, what do you got for us uh, this this season? Well, this is kind of current events based off of things happening in your life right now. But I know that you recently completed a rewatch of the entire saga. Yes. Well, I should clarify. Okay. I, I rewatched one through six and season one of The Mandalorian. Because I want to just get the timeline up to Mandalorian season two. For that to for that to premiere, which which did earlier this week, if you're li- well, I guess last week, if you're listening to this again, you might be thinking these guys are recording this like on Sunday, October 25th. Yeah. But like I said, that, that's not what's happening. It's Friday, November 6th. That's it is not October 25th. You can trust this man who will not poison children. <laughs> Yeah, and we watched the first episode, and actually last night at midnight, we watched the second episode as That's well. right. And wow, that was, even, wow. that was even crazier. Amazing. At first, I was like, where are they going with this? And I was like, oh, I get it now. Got it. All right, so all that said is like, in, in preparation of, uh, so this was before the premiere. Yes. You watched one through six plus Mando season one. Yes. Now, it wasn't like a normal rewatch, though. There was something special about this. Like, I want to hear yeah. about this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched um, one through six, as you said, Mando season one. And the sort of, they're not official special editions, but I, they're, they're from a, a guy on Reddit that is a, like an amateur movie editor. And he put together these versions of episodes one through four that were, you know, just kind of particularly done up. So what he did um, is with episodes one and two, it's the total normal movie, except he added in all of the deleted scenes from the cut, like things that were cut on the cutting room floor or however the phrase goes. And so you've kind of just got like this extended, maybe director's cut is the term. There's no official term for him though. Episode three was like the wildest one. It was almost four and a half hours long because what he did was he edited episode three, included all of the deleted scenes like one and two, but then also cut in the Siege of Mandalore from the end of the Clone Wars season seven. Okay. And so like that by itself is like over an hour. It's like an hour and 20 minutes or so. So it's all of episode three and deleted scenes and Siege of Mandalore. And then this was not as big of an edit necessarily. 
but he did like an extended another like it's like four and a half hours where it's uh rogue one cut directly into episode four with deleted scenes for all of for both of them nice and then and then five and six were normal he, he hasn't edited those so uh, those are just the Disney Plus versions. So that was the saw, so- and then Mando season one. So that's what I've just in the past like week or two, uh, probably like two three weeks, have watched. Okay, and better or worse than the original cuts? For me, it is certainly, in my opinion, episodes one and two are better. Even episode four, actually, I think is 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 better. Just by itself. Huh. Um, Rogue One, there wasn't much of a difference. Episode three and Siege of Mandalore um, was like super, super, super epic, but it's pretty long. And some of the pacing is weird and some of the cuts are weird because you're going from live action to cartoon. Like, it's a, like, I won't watch that every time, but it's definitely like a cool experience. What's, what I found, though, I think my, maybe my biggest takeaway from doing this, though, was, uh, and I was texting you a bit about this as I was watching him, was that some of the deleted scenes from the movies were, like, legitimately good and helpful. And, like, they definitely are a change of pace, and they make the movie longer, and I understand why they ended up being deleted in the final version. But, like, from a purely... Like you want to get the whole story kind of perspective, they're pretty helpful. There were some really cool scenes in these movies. So I can't help but think, like, were they held captive to the fact that it had to be a prequel trilogy instead of like there being a fourth movie or like a mm-hmm. negative one movie? Anyways, there's another cut I've heard about where in like episode one they cut out Anakin's yippies and. They take out a lot of Jar Jar. Is sure. that part of this as well, or is this only adding? Uh, that was not a cut that I watched this time around. I know that those cuts exist. because I don't want to watch episode one without the yip. I'll tell you that much. I did also watch a cut of episode one that was just the yippies. <laughs> and I got to say, that, <laughs> I got to say, I was pretty confused. It didn't really explain very much. Every time it cuts to Anakin, it's only him saying yippee, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. The rest of the movie's the same. Oh, you're saying that they just overdub his normal dialogue with just like yippee, 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 like on loop? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen that cut, but it sounds and, good. And Jar Jar is bombad. Only bombad, yeah. Just over and over. It's all he says. And Qui Gon is, there's always a bigger fish. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Let's make that. Forget being canonical. Let's just make that cut. Yeah. Let me tell you about some some highlights, some some deleted scenes that I think were pretty cool. So starting with episode one, first of all, I texted you that I'm really digging episode one. Like I really was enjoying it. Yes. And that alone seems like a victory. I don't think that was just because of the deleted scenes or whatever. I think it's just because I like Star Wars. But one of the one of the deleted scenes in episode one. Uh, you know how Anakin has his little group of like friends that are all like kids running around and like playing ball and like looking at his pod racer and stuff. There's a there's a little Rodian in that group, like the alien, like the green looking alien with the big black eyes. 
don't know if you remember that that like that child that Anakin plays with that's an alien. Uh, the like little Greedo. Yeah. Yeah. So in a deleted scene, um, that character is actually named, and it is actually Greedo. Nice. It is literally and canonically Greedo, which I think is wild. They should have kept that. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. I always assumed that was Greedo. Really? Yeah. Is that racist of me? Is that Star Wars racist? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. All of whatever Greedo's species looks alike. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So that actually confirmed is Greedo. Yes. I mean, as long as the deleted scenes are canon, which I guess they would be, right? For sure. I mean, I, yeah, I gotta, you gotta think so. A couple deleted scenes from episode two that stood out and that felt kind of necessary and helpful. Uh, first of all, at the beginning of the movie, we have a scene where Padme sort of explains her vote at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the movie where she votes against the creation of a grand army of the Republic. And there's like, there's like a scene where she delivers a like a speech to the Senate about like we can't cave in to these, you know, militaristic tendencies and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was really good. There's another scene um, where Anakin and Palpatine are alone very early in the movie in his office. Uh-oh. And it's actually, you know, it, this doesn't happen until episode three, really. And, you know, in the normal theatrical releases, it's a scene where Palpatine kind of starts laying the seeds of like, man, these Jedi don't really trust you, huh? And so that's kind of... Sneaky. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see that sort of happening earlier. And then I thought this one was, was great. Um, there's a scene when Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to the Jedi library um, to find Kamino because the, the planet's been taken off of the map and he goes to the librarian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's a dialogue there where um, they have all the, the statue, or I guess like the busts of like Jedi uh, across like the hallways. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is sitting in front of the one for Count Dooku. And then the librarian comes in and starts explaining why Count Dooku left the Jedi Order. Like, holy moly, that feels pretty relevant. That is not explained in the movies. Yeah. I was, after a pretty recent rewatch, which really was the first watch of episode two, the whole, like, Dooku, and who's the other dude who went to Camino? Uh, Sifo Diaz. That was quite confusing to me. Yeah. That stuff is not explained in the movies. You have to get into the Clone Wars and some comic books. You need the librarian. Or a librarian. <laughs> yeah. And then I really enjoyed this one. Um, there were, to be honest, to be totally honest, James, this is going to sound ridiculous, but like episode two with these deleted scenes is so much better. And I really found myself enjoying episode two, maybe more than I ever had. Okay. Okay. Here's another deleted scene from episode two. There's a clip of Anakin uh, rationalizing why a Jedi should be allowed to uh, love other people, like to specifically be in a relationship. And he talks about like, he literally voices like these Jedi ideals of protection and self-sacrifice. He's like, what could be more Jedi than loving someone? 
And it's like so it's like it's like this spiritual conversation. It's so good. Like where where is that in the movie? Yeah. That's gotta yeah. be in there. And then he transitions to I think we need to have an authoritarian form of government. All <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without skipping a beat. Good for you, Anakin. There's a scene where Anakin is looking after Padme, you know, as the like the bodyguard on her home planet of Naboo. There's a scene where they actually go and meet her family. And so Anakin like meets her parents and like Whoa. Yeah. And so like Anakin goes on a walk with her dad and like they have this heart to heart of like, is my daughter in danger? It's the hometown dates on The Bachelor. This is great. Yeah. And then the mom is like is like working around the it sounds really sexist, but the mom is like <laughs> doing, the mom's like doing chores in the house with Padme and her sister as the boys are playing. <laughs> but that's not the point. My point is to say that like her mom is talking to her about like who's this boy? Like he's nice and all this kind of cute like mom stuff. And then this is great. You texted me, is there a deleted scene where he explains why he doesn't like sand? Uh-huh. And I texted back that he explains that in a non-deleted scene. <laughs> That's just in the movie. I, I mean, I'm glad they kept that in then. Yeah. Because I need to know. Absolutely. It's coarse. It's coarse it, and it gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. Yeah. All right. So to keep this, sec- I'm like legit like through all the deleted scenes anyway, but I don't want to make this segment a monologue. So... That was that has been my sort of experience though these past couple of weeks. It's been super fun seeing a little bit more of just the the full vision of what George Lucas is is trying to craft with this world and the different dynamics and subtleties and things. Like it's been a legit fun kind of journey. So um yeah. Awesome. Would you recommend it to a casual fan of Star Wars like myself? Yeah, I think so. Cause I think all like altogether, it probably only adds the length of like less than one more movie okay so like yeah give it a shot all right i mean i need like my wife has never watched the prequels before sure so i'm gonna pressure her into her into watching those at some point soon. yeah so throw in some deleted scenes a little bit of the clone wars and here we it'll go. probably make more sense to her <laughs> she'll probably be like who's this orange chick with the white stripes on her like what's going on here yeah yeah, yeah. That's true. That probably seems like a weird transition. That's true. There is sort of an assumed knowledge of Ahsoka when the Siege of Mandalore kind of, and, and well, not Maul, because he's in episode one, but sort of what Maul has been up to between episodes one and three, like everything that happens with Maul in the Clone Wars is kind of assumed. So, so like, wait, he was cut in half and fell down a, a big hole, like a shaft. Yeah. So like, he was, I thought he was dead and all of a sudden he's back and he's normal. Whoa, time out. Has, has your wife seen Solo? Uh, no. Because your boy's in Solo. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I was coming in for the slam dunk and I hit the rim. Oh, hit the rim. It's okay. I have a segment for us now. Okay. I'd love it. All right. I have a Jedi mind trick for you. Oh, oh boy. And what this is, you're probably a little bit rusty, dear listener. A Jedi mind trick is a what if statement. 
where one of the two of us throws out a hypothetical scenario and we talk about all the dumb and wild ways it would have changed the Star Wars universe in the plot. So my question for you today, what if Obi-Wan was honest with Luke about his father from the beginning? Oof. So let's, let, let's play this out. You play Luke and I'll play Obi-Wan. Okay. Okay. Pretend that you've been bludgeoned by a sand person. Oh, I've just been bludgeoned by a sand person. No. All right. Now, now faint for like a couple of hours. <sighs> okay. Tuscan Raiders are going through your speeder and they're taking stuff. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi, so this is where I enter. Okay. Comes over the ridge. Okay. He's just like, ah! and then, okay. Tuscan Raiders <laughs> run away. <laughs> that sound. Was it wrong? Uh, nope. Nope. I think, it, how about, okay. How about I cut the sound in? How about I edit the sound in? Please don't. Uh, do, okay. do both. Okay. Okay. Edit okay. the sound in now. Okay. So Obi-Wan comes over the ridge and is like, Time out. Did you know that the Obi-Wan like yell towards the beginning of episode four? There's like different versions of it. Like when they re-release the film, they actually change the yell. Okay. That, I mean, that's not shocking, I guess. They change a lot of random things. But McClunky. it's like there are some legit like funny Obi-Wan. There's like three of them, I think. Anyway, I'll edit them in here just for the listeners <laughs> pleasure, I guess. I hope one of them is just like a goat scream, like a Wah! Okay, so here is the version from the original 1977 release. Here's the version from the 2004 re-release, which was the first time that it was on DVD and the first time that it was in high definition. And finally, here is the version from the 2011 Blu-ray release and the version that you will currently find on Disney+. Plus. Okay, that happens. Okay, I walk over to you. I kind of feel your forehead. Before you go on too far, can you... Is it possible to blend all of the screams together? Yes, I'll do that. In including yours. Right now. Beautiful. That was great. Beautiful. Was great. I loved it. Yeah. I'm tearing up. <laughs> I'm tearing up for probably a different reason. Okay. So I, I check your forehead, kind of, you know, check your pulse, salt, whatever. Um, knowing Obi-Wan and kind of knowing how the force works, like he, who's to say he didn't like do some like force life essence thing to wake up Luke in that moment. Like I would mm -hmm. believe that. Not me. Not me. <laughs> anyway, R2D2 kind of rolls out from the cave and I say, hello there. Okay. That's the thing. Cool. Hello right. there. I don't remember you. All right. You wake up. What do you say? Oh, my head hurts. Are you old? Are you old Ben Kenobi? And I say, well, that's not okay. James, you're butchering this, bud. I'm sorry. I am. I'm an amateur at this. You're the expert. What does Luke say? Uh, Luke starts asking him if he knows of a he, he recognizes that he's Ben. Are you Ben? He asks he he know he knows that he's Ben, but you're he, Ben. 
but he asks if he's heard of Obi Wan Kenobi. One Have you ninja- heard of Obi Wan? Okay, Obi-Wan says, like, Obi-Wan, that's a name I haven't heard in many, many years. Mm-hmm. And then you say, like, do you know him? Do you know him? And, or, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Do you know my dad? <laughs> that's the question? Luke's just going <laughs> to, hey, you're an old man. Do you happen to know the identity of my father? Maybe. Okay. Here's, okay, whatever. This segment's dumb. (laughs) Here's where old Ben, Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi says, yes, if you heard of a guy named Darth Vader, I think think Luke would have known who Darth Vader was. Yeah, I, I know who that is. Well, that's your pops. That's your dude. Wow. I am shocked. Um, and scene, <laughs> and now and now we know. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, Luke would have been surprised at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dude, I asked you the question. What if Obi Wan was like, "Hey, Darth Vader, you've heard about the guy? Guess what? That's your dad. His name was Anakin. He was my friend, and then he killed a bunch of kids and became this robot man guy." who's committing war crimes all over the galaxy. And guess what? You're his son. I hid you from him. And guess what? You know, James, the guy that poisons kids, he was rooting for him the whole time. That's right. I don't think, I think Luke would have been a lot less freaked out than he was in episode five, right? Because like his reaction to learning that Darth Vader is his father in episode five is traumatic and dramatic and just all kinds of emotions. But that's because he had had actually some experience with him, like literally interacting with Darth Vader, seeing him in action, seeing him kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's, there's experience. He has built up a hatred for him before then. I think before this whole adventure kind of gets started for Luke, Luke probably knows Darth Vader as like this super powerful empire guy. And he's like, he's definitely not like fond of him. Doesn't, doesn't like the guy. Cause he talks about how bad the empire is. In fact, actually in some deleted scenes in episode four talks about not liking the empire. And, um, when, when his friend Biggs says that he's joining the rebellion, he's like, you're going to join the rebellion. That's in a deleted scene. Anyway, <laughs> continue. So I don't think that Luke likes Darth Vader to begin the movie. So he's probably going to be disappointed to hear that Darth Vader is his father, but he is not going to be struck with the kind of like awful, awful, awful traumatizing experience that he does end up having in episode five. That's my guess. What do you, what do you think of that? I mean, I get, I can see the point you're making, but let's, Let's go a little bit more immediate with this. Then Obi-Wan and Luke are like, all right, Han Solo, we're in the Millennium Falcon. We're going to rescue Leia. Luke is still on the ship. Yes? Luke knows that Darth Vader is his dad. He joins Obi-Wan Kenobi and Han Solo. And Chewie. And jumps on the... Yeah, and Chewie. Does he still go through with the rescue attempt of Princess Leia? I think so. I think he'd be even more emboldened. Okay. Maybe. So then he shows up, he's on the Death Star, and he sees Darth Vader. Yeah. Does he run up and, like, 
daddy. I'm trying to give him a hug. Like, what's different? I don't think that Luke would enthusiastically run up to him with his arms up and, you know, (laughs) expect to be pirouetted around the room. I would expect... Okay, this this is actually making some sense in my head of, like, what they did. I do think Luke is probably going to display some kind of curiosity and want to, like, want to kind of, like, scope Vader out and kind of get a feel for him. But that's obviously a problem from sort of Obi-Wan's point of view. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, indeed. Right? Because if Luke at all is aware of any connection to Darth Vader... Obi-Wan would be afraid of that happening, of Luke like going to Vader and being like, what is up? Mm. And then Darth Vader takes him and turns him into a Sith Lord, overthrows Palpatine, right? I mean, like, the go down the dark side kind of path. So, like, could that be the reason why Obi-Wan doesn't tell Luke? So what you're saying is, if Obi-Wan told Luke, Luke would have become a Sith Lord. I think that's a possibility. Wow. Because you're, you're basically just telling the kid, like, well, that's your inheritance. Like, that's your, <laughs> that's your heritage. That's, this is your bloodline. You're a palpitant. Oops. And then here's the thing, too, right? Maybe this is even, a, a, like, a bigger question. Who's to say Luke is even a good guy? What if he's like, dude, Vader's my dad? Sweet. All I've wanted to ever <laughs> do is get off this planet. <laughs> I get to just be like a prince. Like, I can do anything. I have infinite dollars and infinite ships. I can go anywhere I want to. This is my ticket off of Tatooine. Like, is there a side of Luke that just is, like, cool and just buys into it full stop? Maybe there is. That would be a fun saga. That would be wild, yeah. Because then what even happens? I mean, Leia has to be the chosen one. She's the only remaining Skywalker. And we know she hates Vader. That's true. But she's also been captured and, like, is probably going to get executed. Good point. So, like, no hope left. A no hope. (laughs) (laughs) Episode four, a no hope. That's good. That's good. Thank you. So then Obi-Wan refusing to tell Luke his parental identity is what saves the galaxy. So there's an element of like, I don't trust you, kid. I don't really know you. How do I know that you're not just going to be stoked and go like full prints on us and you're getting like mega yachts and cruising the galaxy as this spoiled kid? Right. Because you know Luke, as whiny as he is. (laughs) Good job, Obi-Wan. I always got mad at you for never telling Luke the truth. Right. But now I'm glad for that certain point of view that you held. So one, maybe just one last follow-up question to this is I can understand, I can understand why Obi-Wan does not tell Luke that he is Vader's son. But why doesn't Obi-Wan tell him that Leia's his sister immediately? Because George didn't know that Leia was his sister. Oh, yeah, that's the dumb answer. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, like, Lucas didn't know that Vader was his father when they filmed that movie either. So it's kind of yeah. like the question's in the same hypothetical category. 
so let's play this out. Why would he not have told him that Leia is his sister? Because he would have had to go into therapy immediately. Why? Because it's like, hey, we're going to go rescue this princess. Guess what? She's your sister. Guess what? The guy who kidnapped her is your dad. No, he didn't, shouldn't tell him that part. We've already established that. Oh, you're right. Why wouldn't he just tell him that Leia's his sister and then not reveal their parentage? Oh, because he's trying to hide the parentage thing. And he's like, how do you know she's my sister? I didn't know I had a sister. And he'd be like, oh, I just kind of knew. Uh-huh. He's like, well, oh, how did you know? You just go with the same lie that he tells in the actual movie, which is like, yep, your father Anakin was killed by Darth Vader. Yeah, then why is she living somewhere else, though, huh? Because you were young and we had to split you up. Why did nobody ever tell me? Why has nobody else reached out to me? She's a princess and I'm just some farm boy? What's going on? I hate you. Get away from me. I'm going to go join the Empire. <laughs> it's such a jump. <laughs> <laughs> because, Luke, if we had told you, you... Uh, or, okay. Listen, man, it feels like you're hiding something from me. What's going on here? Tell me the truth. Is Darth Vader my father? <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> Super not your father. No, zero. I see the dilemma, though. Mm -hmm. So did Obi-Wan just do the right thing by not telling Luke anything? Yep. Good man, that Obi-Wan. I didn't think so like 30 minutes ago, but here I am. What a dude. What a good man. What a good man. It's <laughs> funny, like, you kind of learned uh, watching the prequels, including the deleted scenes, like, you kind of learn to see Obi-Wan as, like, a very imperfect Jedi. And I remember growing up when I was a kid, and not, to be honest, just not knowing much better, thinking that, like, Obi-Wan was, like, the perfect Jedi, right? Because he kind of just is, like, a constant protagonist throughout the saga. Uh -huh. It's fair. He's obviously a, a good guy, but like the obvious mistakes and sort of, you know, bad judgments and stuff that he makes throughout the prequel trilogy are kind of evident when you kind of take the whole thing into perspective, especially um, the relationship with Anakin following up Qui-Gon's training and so forth. Right. But this could be an example perhaps of, of Obi-Wan maybe solidifying that he does learn, he he knows, he eventually learns what he is talking about and figures it out and all that kind of stuff. So maybe maybe this is Obi-Wan's redemption arc in a way. This is the very moment that he says nothing about his parentage or family. Yeah. It's like the culmination. That's the redemption. He should have said, you're nobody. <laughs> your, your parents sold you for drinking money. They're in a pauper's <laughs> grave in the Jakku desert. That would have been beautiful. He said, you're nothing, but not to me. Oh, that would have been weird at that point. Hmm. No? How old is Luke? Uh, Luke is 19. Okay. Obi-Wan's old. There's a power dynamic there. I don't know. It's no, not. Just making me uncomfortable. You're making it gross. It, it's not gross. <laughs> As I uh, die with a COVID cough over here. Yep, yep, yep. Destroy the Shield Generator is created by Joseph Jasper and James Walker. Our theme music is produced by Roy Thompson, who's better known as Royish Good Looks. You can support him through the links in our show notes. Join us next time on Destroy the Shield Generator. But until then, always remember... It's going to be great. <laughs>